For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. Good evening, everyone. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Douglas Floyd. Um, I appreciated being able to sit together as Buddhas tonight. I'd be happy to continue doing it, and I'm happy to take a vote for those of you who'd rather do that than hear me speak. <laughs> okay, you think I'm joking. <laughs> um, it's, it really is very nice to see so many people here. And um, I hope I can come up with something, not necessarily that is particularly informative or illuminating, but at least that may inspire your practice. Um, the, the original title for tonight Tonight's talk was uh, Awakening is not something to achieve. And I guess I can still work pretty well. Um, what I wanted to talk about is something, I have lots of notes, which I'm going to toss aside and, and wing it. I want to talk about um, two different approaches to Zazen. Uh, is, uh, and, and these are just these are mentioned by Dogen in one of his fascicles called um, Zazen Shin. Uh, Zazen, you know, Zazen sitting meditation. Shin, in this case, means uh, an acupuncture needle or maybe a lance. In each case, it's um, you know it's a medical tool. It's in, intended to bring the body into balance under classical Chinese uh, theories of medicine. So, you know, the acupuncture needle would be inserted at the different points in order to free blockages that are preventing the flowing of energy through the body and causing illness or a lack of well-being that way. A lancet, you may know, is a sharp instrument that was used to um, open veins to drain blood when people had a, a fever, the theory was that by removing an excess of hot blood, you would bring the humors back into balance, and your fever would go away and you'd return to health. So Dogen is writing about Zazen as a way of bringing us back into balance, bringing us back into balance in, in the right relationship with the world. And he talks about the entire um, fascicle, Zazen Shin, is about what, what is Zazen? How do we do Zazen? What's the purpose of Zazen? And he talks about two approaches. Um, one he refers to as uh, sitting Buddha, practicing as Buddha, which is the way is the basis for his approach to Zazen and to Shigantaza, the practice of just sitting. 
the other approach to Zazen he calls um, practicing to become a Buddha. And he's pretty adamant that Zazen has nothing to do with becoming a Buddha, which is an interesting thing to say. Um, what he's, he's trying to say, it's two, those are two very different ideas about what's going on when we said Zazen. In practicing as Buddha, the idea is that we are part of this boundless, interconnected, seamless world, Buddha nature, Buddha. And our, um, what we do in our practice is to manifest, to realize, or embody Buddha. Practicing to become a Buddha is what we normally think of, what Zen practice is all about, and what people certainly did back then, which is that it's seeing the, the Zen student, the practitioner, as an individual who's going to, by means of different kinds of practices, is going to learn to control the mind, calm the mind, uh, develop some sort of concentration, or by other practices, come and uh, by developing samadhi, uh, come to eventually to some transformative experience that would throw light on who we are and and um, essentially solve life's problems and all of our suffering. Um, or the alternative to concentration practices and focus practices is that the individual would um, would practice mindfulness or some sort of observation to come to an understanding of how life works and, and how delusion works and by doing that be able to free himself or herself from suffering. But the interesting thing, Dogen's uh, emphasis on sitting Buddha, practicing as Buddha, is it, it, it's interesting, and it leads to, to shikantaza practice, because the whole point is that you're going to manifest Buddha, but we are Buddha. We automatically, we are manifesting Buddha. Um, a problem arises when we become identified with certain of our mental activities, where we, our thinking or our feelings, our desires, our opinions, our judgments of good or bad, right or wrong, all of that um, assumes that there's a split between me as, as a subject of, of the thinker who has a thought, um, or I'm, I am someone who um, has a an emotion about a certain thing, or I have a thought about this, the object of my thinking. So there's this fundamental dualism, this split between myself and whatever there is in the world, and that carries over if we're going to practice in order to become a Buddha, because you're certainly saying, I am practicing, I am concentrating on my koan, or practicing on my breath, or practicing on my mantra, I am observing, mindfully observing my breath, or other processes in my body in order to gain this knowledge. So I think Dogen's view of that would be that that's fighting fire with fire. It's just not going to be particularly effective. It's an ind- At best, it's a sort of indirect approach to awakening when his approach, Shikantaza, is a direct, immediate, straightforward entry into, into becoming Buddha and realizing Buddha right now from the very first time you said Zazen. 
So if we are already Buddha, and if just by existing we are manifesting Buddha, well, what's going on? And the answer is, we. Uh, what do I have to do? And the answer is nothing. You don't have to do anything. And Dogen's practice of zazen is essentially non-doing. It's a practice of nothing. It's, um, you know, it's the standard zazen instructions that all of us are familiar with. And he sets out in at some length in, in uh, his Essay Fukan Zazengi, the Universal Recommendations of Zazen. And also in, in Zazen Shin, he addresses what the, the essential art of Zazen is about. So, you know, Dogen tells us that Zazen is about finding the right room. It's not too hot, not too cold, it's not too bright, not too dark. You wear your clothes that aren't too tight and uh, constricting, and you sit down in the right posture with an upright back. You breathe in a relaxed way, preferably from, from your belly, and you don't move. You leave your eyes half open, and that's all you have to do. There you are, um, sitting there manifesting Zazen, and really just sitting there as the world, and interestingly, uh, the world, as it presents itself to us, as our surroundings, um, things, people, space, our body, all of our mental phenomena, um, sensations, perceptions, feelings, desires, judgments, um, plans, um, attempts to control anything. Uh, um, they're also part of Buddha. And so we don't repl- try to re- suppress them, which again would create this dichotomy of me trying to control these bad thoughts and feelings and emotions and so on. We just let them be. We take an open, accepting, we, uh, approach to the world. We just are and everything else is. So from the very beginning, we sit and do nothing. Thoughts come up, they go away, and they can be hard to deal with, right? I mean, we have thoughts come up, we can have painful memories, we can be worrying about something that is going to happen tomorrow. There could be just total chaos of a torrent of thoughts going on that's very confusing and upsetting. And, and if the question is, well, what do you do about that? Is you just don't do anything. You just leave them alone. You do not try to control your mind. You do not try to influence your mind. You don't focus on the thoughts. You just, they're just part of your I am sitting as Buddha in the, in this, in these, with these surroundings, in this world, with my body, with my mind. And as you sit, uh, that's it. That is Buddha right there. It's a different approach to understanding who we are and um, who we really are. It's not as some sort of individual, but this individual sitting here as part, inextricably a part of Buddha. And in Zazen Shin, uh, Dogen will say that when uh, 
uh, you know, with Buddha's Buddha, with Douglas's Buddha, Douglas's Douglas, Zazen is Zazen when that happens. Um, reality is, is just there. And we're sitting there with the experience of reality, not something that we manifest and that we embody and express, not necessarily something that we see. We can't, we have a limited viewpoint. We can't perceive the entire world, but we can we see the world in a different way. When we have this open, inclusive uh, approach to engage the world, whatever, just in an accepting way not chasing after anything pleasant or desirable and not pushing away or suppressing anything that is unpleasant or painful or that we don't approve of. So, you know, that's, that is challenging for us. That's not how we live. The way we live is that all of our mental phenomena, all of our activities, thoughts, emotions, sensations, perceptions, judgments, plans, create that, that duality. That, that's what we're thinking of. And, and at the same time, because we have that duality, um, and we're feeling uh, this intense self-consciousness at the same time that we're aware of something else, everything becomes the object of a judgment or approval, disapproval, like, dislike, the judgment of right or wrong, and so on things that aren't the way we would like them to be. Um, you know, we, we feel tension about it. If things are the way we don't, aren't the way we want them to be, then um, there's a tension that we want to change that. We try to control that. There's a, re a, a response to pursue that. In the same way, if there's something that's threatening or that is actually unpleasant, we try to push it away. You know, it's a sort of, I mean, for me, uh, I'm a creature of uh, fight or flight, <laughs> but other people might be, be, uh, be have a psychology of fight, flight, or pursuit. That there's this hunger, this lacking, sense of lacking, because things aren't the way they want them to be. Um, so you can understand Dogen's objection to those other more earlier forms, more traditional forms. He would disagree because he would say that his form of Zazen has come from the Buddha, but other schools of Buddhism with the, their approaches, um, Dogen says that's, that's not even Zazen. That's not Zazen, that's Shuzen. That's learning Zen, or Shuhakamura uh, translates as step-by-step Zen, ladder Zen. Um, I gotta get, I gotta get better at, at um, get better at Zazen, to quiet my mind more, quiet my mind more, quiet my mind more, to have an insight, to have an insight, and then it's like, bang, enlightenment, here I am. So that, that's not it. That is that is not that is not Zen, and he's got a he's got a good story about it in Zazen Shin. I mean, you know, and um, he's got two good stories in Zazen Shin. One is, what do we do? you know? How do we deal with our thoughts in Zazen? Well, we don't do anything. We let them go. Then we let them come and go, do whatever they're going to do. 
we're not observing them. They're just they're there. We're certainly aware of them, but we've got we're sitting here with our thinking and feeling and so on. And you will all have experienced that. that it's not a sensation of I am thinking. I am not identified with my thinking. I am not um, engrossed in my thinking. It's just thoughts are happening. And Zaza and Dogen calls that, um, tells a story about that, about the Zen master Yashan. One of his students came up to him while he was meditating and says, Master, what are you thinking about while you're doing this Zaza? And he says, well, I'm thinking not thinking. And the monk goes, well, how do you think not thinking? And Yashan says, well, non-thinking, or sometimes translated as beyond thinking, or sometimes it's translated as, well, it's not really thinking. But the point is, I'm thinking, non-thinking, there are thoughts but I'm not doing the thoughts. The thoughts are there in your hand. So that's one good story. The other good story is the story about uh, the great Zemesu Nanwe and his um, Dharma heir, Mazu. So Nanwe was the Dharma heir of Wei Nan, the sixth patriarch. And um, he had an enormous monastery. And Mazu was his... Uh, Greatest student. Everyone recognized Mazu was the greatest of his students. And in Dogen's version of the story, um, Mazu is, is Nanwe's attendant, but he's also already received Dharma transmission from him. So he's a pretty advanced student. And uh, another interesting thing about Mazu, I mean, this is not relevant to the story, but it's, it's interesting to have the background about the colorful characters in, in our history. Mazu was sometimes called the horse master because he was huge and, and imposing because he was so large, but also because he had a tongue as long as the horses that could reach up and touch the tip of his nose. <laughs> so there you go. Mazu was well known for spending all of the time that he could doing zazen, constantly doing zazen. So he wasn't, when he wasn't acting as an attendant, when he wasn't in the meditation hall, when he wasn't performing ceremonies, apparently he had a hut out on the monastery grounds where he would sit zazen all the time. And one time, uh, I guess Nanwe wanted to just poke a little bit to, to test him, to verify how he was doing. And he, and he said, well, so what are you trying to do there with all this zazen? And, and Mazu says, well, I'm trying to become a Buddha. And Nanwe um, says, uh-huh. and he walks away, and, and Mazu keeps sitting, and a minute later, he hears this scraping sound, and he looks out, and he sees that Nanwe has picked up a, uh, a roof tile, or a brick, different translations, and he's put it on a rock, and he's rubbing it around, 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 around. And uh, Mazu reasonably asks, well, Master, what are you doing? And Nanwe said, well, you know, I'm, I'm polishing this brick to make a mirror. And uh, Mazu says, well, how do you make a mirror out of a brick? Or you can't make a mirror out of a brick. And Nanwe's response was, well, how do you make a, how do you, how can you make a Buddha through Zaza? If there's a difference between you and a Buddha, you're never going to get there. In the same way that you're never going to really make 
uh, a mirror out of a brick. Um, you know, and, and there, there, there are different approaches to that, but the main one is you can't make something it, that you already are Buddha. So Zazen can't be about making you Buddha, making you a Buddha. As, a, as an individual expression of Buddha, you are a Buddha. Maybe you're an unrealized Buddha, confused Buddha, but you are a Buddha already. And um, so Bazu says, well, why do I, what do I do then? And Nanway says, well, if you've got um, an ox cart and it won't go, which do you hit? Do you hit the cart or do you hit the ox? And that's been, inter- this is a very old one, long time, from a long time before Dogen. And, and most, of the, most of the interpretations before were saying, this is all about uh, paying attention to your mind, controlling your mind, getting your mind to move along the path in the right way, controlling your mind uh, in order to move you along the path to awakening. Um, Mazu just sat there quiet without saying anything. And Dogen approves of that. And Dogen, uh, it's, it's worth reading Zazen Shin sometime because it is a sort of a brain cracker. Because he starts talking about in, without saying so, he starts playing with with mirrors and symbols, you know, very common Zen symbols of, of you know, polished, bright, awakened mind, or the um, clean, bright mirror, um, unstained mirror that is ultimate reality. And so Dogen says, well, do you really hit the ox or do you really uh, hit the cart? In these days, people don't really hit a cart, but are you really going to move the cart? Or is the cart supposed to stay still? So he's playing with all these ideas about, are we really moving along the path to get someplace else? Or is the cart, is our movement, the movement to become what we are right now? That um, Zazen is really just a way of, of stepping back from our thoughts and thinking in order to recognize that we are here right now, just manifesting. We don't have to call it, but we just have to recognize that this is it right here. This is who we are. So um, that's that story. What time is it? Anyway. 826. Okay. That's um, calculating. I've used up my time, right? <laughs> <laughs> Only if you want to hear from us. <laughs> I, I do want to hear from you. So. Yeah, thank you. So. Um, so that is my suggestion to you. Um, we can we can talk during discussion about well, what does this mean doing zazen this way? Is Dogen describing it have to do with counting the breaths or following the breath or something like that? But um, that is zazen shikantazi, just sitting, um, hitting the mark, sitting, uh, as Dogen describes it, and it's it's worth trying. The assumption we have is that just by sitting and letting whatever happens happen. Uh, 
means that uh, our mind is just going to go crazy. We'll sit there for 40 minutes, uh, daydreaming the whole time, and, and it's just a waste of time. And that, in fact, is, has not ever been my experience. Because we are fundamentally awakened, there will be gaps in our thinking and feeling and so on. And when that happens, awareness comes up. We recognize, oh, here I am. I'm not lost in my thinking anymore. Here I am, and I'm willing to stay here. I'm not going to do anything to try to stay here. That's, again, setting up some sort of struggle of trying to attain some perfect clarity or calmness or something along those lines. Creating that split, creating that tension again. But I'm, I'm just going to be here. And you sit there without doing anything again, just sitting upright and breathing until you get caught up in thinking again, and then you will wake up again. Get caught again and wake up again. I think if you will, I think it's, it's worth an experiment to try sitting shikantaza to see um, what that means to you. The difference between trying to pursue some sort of transformative practice using zazen as a technique or zazen to bring yourself here, just experiencing reality right now. As Buddha. So I'll leave that here and ask for comments and questions. Thank you very much. Ah, David. Okay. Um, I'm reminded of something. I, I, I want to, what am I going first, everyone? Just I'm going to get ready to go upstairs and get tea prepared. So, um, Get my licks in, so to speak. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can hit the cart or you can hit the ox. I'll hit both. I'm reminded of, and I'd like to hear your comment on this, uh, Gil Fonzell, who's a practitioner on the West Coast, um, wrote a book called The Issue at Hand. And he talked about Zazen, about when you're sitting, you just sit. And if something comes up, you investigate it, you look at it, and then you put it to the side and continue sitting. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, you know, was something that I was, I read and I tried initially to incorporate. Would you say that's similar to what Dogan is saying? I would say there's a difference in that what Gil Francis is talking about is an attempt to control or to affect the mind rather than just letting it do what it's going to do. Yeah. Um, um, you know, it's a method. People, there are all sorts of different ways to practice meditation, and, and that's one. Hmm. Um, well, actually, to speak to David's point, it's, correct me if I'm misattributing, but it's Uchiyama Roshi who wrote Opening the Hand of Thought. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? To me, that seems like a similar sort of concept to this person, David, that you were talking about, where when you, when you have a thought in Zazen, you don't cling to it tightly and you don't hurl it away from you. 
you just kind of like open your hand and you allow it to float away. So it's been, you know, helpful for me. I found that anytime I open my hand while sitting zazen, my thought doesn't just sit there and sit there and sit there. It really does just kind of float away of its own accord. It, it, perhaps that's controlling something as well. I don't know. No, I mean, Uchiyama's approach is zazen is sitting with correct, it's trying to sit with correct posture. That's it. And let the thoughts do what the thoughts are going to do. When, you can, when you've gotten lost and you come back, you've opened the hand of thought because you're no longer grasping either the thinking or, or the, the um, object that you're thinking about or feeling about, whatever. And whatever, it will do what it will do. It will hang around or it will go away. So um, Uchiyama is, is a hardcore Dogen traditionalist. Yeah, which is why, which is why I brought that up because to me it did sound similar to what David was uh, describing. But you were you were pointing out a, a difference there. That yeah, I think Gil Fransdale was saying, "Oh, but you know, this thought. Why am I? Why is this thought here? It's, it seems to me he's kind of saying, well, this is a distracting thought. I'm I'm going to put it back, and I'm going to come back and be mindful now, or something. Mm-hmm. This is directed." Directed Zazen, and I think Uchiyama or Endogen would say, no, there's there's no need to direct, just sit there. And let it you let your mind and, and you know, the an interesting thing is that that means that your sitting can include even uh you can watch yourself making an effort to do Zazen. And you just say, Well, you know, okay, making it and it will see what happens when that happens. It sort of turns into effortless effort, maybe, you could call it. That's helpful, thank you. Sure. Yes, Dylan. I, I feel like I'm going to be a little bit of a troublemaker. That's okay. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> and this is just how I feel right now. Maybe it'll change later. Um, I kind of feel like now, I don't think it, I don't think he can do something. Um, like at least in how the practice like feels, experiences to me that like zazen is just a synonym for the constant flow of reality, and that you sit, and then sometimes you remember that zazen is happening, and that's it. You know that like that that's. So I don't know. I don't really. I don't really sit with an intention to do, to do zazen, honestly. I, I agree completely. Yeah. So I'd say what it feels like in zazen is something that happens. Yeah. Or Uchiyama and Sawakikoro would say zazen does zazen. Yeah. I'm not doing zazen. I'm not. Zazen is not about. Uh, Intentional action or willful action. It's just like something's happening here. Yeah. David Wright. Thank you, Douglas, for that very much. Um, There's a thing that I heard you say in your talk that I've heard you say 
before when you give zazen instruction, and it's that that phrase of um, I forget how you said it tonight, but coming back. You know, I've, I've heard you say uh, when 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 you're aware that that you've been distracted, you're already back. And I wonder if you'd say more uh, about that. Does that is is that is that from something in in Dogen? And is that intention? Is that thought that oh now I'm back before I wasn't back and now I'm back? Is that intention with the idea of just sitting and just letting letting what is just be? Um, I don't think there's a tension. It's just a it's a matter of recognition. Before I was caught up in thoughts and I wasn't really aware of sitting here in my surroundings because I was wrapped up in my thinking and perhaps clinging to some object uh, that I was thinking about or whatever, if I was caught up in some desire about something, caught up in that desiring or caught up in clinging to that object of desire. And that stops. And when that happens, you know, when you're doing that, it's not that you're not, there isn't awareness of everything going on. I mean, that's a, that's one of the fundamental things about you can't become you can't become Buddha because the Buddha is always there. So even if you are caught up in thinking or feeling or daydreaming, if your eyes are open, you're still aware of of your surroundings and your body and that you're thinking. But your attention has been narrowed to there's me and I'm thinking about that. There's me. I want that. And the rest is in the background and really being sort of ignored. Um, and, and when there's a gap and you're doing that, then you kind of go, oh, oh, I've been caught up. You recognize you're here now. You recognize what's been true all along, that you are here. Thank you. I have a kind of a meta comment and it might sound like a criticism of um, people's questions and I don't mean it to be. I, but I, I hear each of us asking in a different way, is it this? Is this what you're talking about? And, it's, and it kind of makes me um, think of something that happens within me as well, which is is what, I, what I'm just doing right here, right now, couldn't be it, right? <laughs> like, like, I feel like we're all struggling to, to believe that, like, are we actually doing something and is it okay? And uh, I don't know. It's, um, it seems like it's, it's, it's so straightforward that we all believe that we must be missing it. Well, it's straightforward, but it's very much, it's very different from the way we do everything else. Yeah, yeah. Because we live in our thinking mind, and by thinking I mean all of the mental operations that you can talk, might come up with. And so this is different to say, well, you know, I'm going to let those be there, but I'm not identified with those. Mm -hmm. Um. And it's hard to say, okay, I'm not going to try to control this or influence this. I'm just going to sit here. Whatever happens, 
happens. And we keep thinking, well, I'm going to end up wasting my time. I, I guess that's what we're saying. Or something bad is going to happen if yeah. I just let that happen. It's, it's very hard to not direct ourselves towards yeah. some activity. Yeah. Um, and our desire... Yeah, we have a desire to control, uh, to get what we want and to avoid what we don't. Sophia? Well, thanks for your talk so much. Everybody's comments have been really interesting to me. But I was, what you were just saying is bringing up something to me from what Dylan was saying. Like, it makes what Dylan was saying is making me kind of think about, like, Zazen is always happening. Like, if zazen is always happening, zazen just happens, then what is the difference between sitting zazen and not sitting zazen? And so why is it what you were just saying just now that like it is actually radically different than what we do at all of the times? Why isn't it that zazen is happening at all of the times in our life, even when we're not sitting zazen? But maybe that's a super circular no question. But. Nope, that's another Dharma talk. Dogen <laughs> <laughs> would, would say that um, it's not the posture that defines right. zazen. Zazen is formless. Mm. Um, if you think that just the sitting like cross-legged with your back up straight and that's the ring of zazen, that's, that's zazen form. Zazen is formless. And zazen isn't, it can be walking zazen, it can be lying down zazen, working zazen, whatever. Mm-hmm. Zazen can be zazen. And I think, I think the, that I would think of it as zazen is being ready to uh, just recognize. That this is here. Douglas, thank you that for the excellent talk and for helping us to just uh, realize zazen, which we need to do by doing zazen. Anyway, thank you. It's time to stop now and move on to the four vows. Thank you all.